September the 5th, 1785. Mr. Lowther called at the house again. He stayed for an hour and behaved with a civility I had thought beyond him. When we had first met him at the rooms, he was much distracted. Today confessed he seldom enjoyed a large company, save when obliged to perform. Pa remarked, But sir, you were always performing. Which of course he intended as mischief, but Mr. Lowther took him to mean his professional life as violinist. So he spoke of his work with the orchestra, etc. Molly and I later prevailed on him to accompany Ma on the pianoforte. On taking his leave, Mr. Lowther made a deep bow and paid her compliments on the fineness of her playing. Pa has since been pleased to call him Old Slyboots. September the 10th, 1785. Bath appears to be in a permanent state of commotion. Though I should always choose to live in a large town, the din of carriages and the cries of traders on Milsom Street seemed to grow louder by the day. So vexed was I by the noise that in the forenoon I had to take my book and seek the quiet of the back parlour. Still restless, I persuaded Molly to join me for an outing and we rode as far as Bennington Hall. We stopped and watched the swallows all flocking together in the sky, ready for their long journey south. They chattered away on high, cajoling one another. How comes about this great migration? How does this flighty mass of creatures settle upon the question of when to go? Or where? Milsom Street, Bath, September 1785. My dear Susan, I should have written to you before, but waited till I could finish the little sketch here enclosed. I am afraid it is a poor thing, but since you were so good as to sit those long hours, I felt obliged to make an end of it. I know you will be mindful of my feelings, but do give an honest opinion. Pa, as you know, has devoted himself to instructing us from an early age in painting and drawing. He means to ensure Molly and I may do something for bread in case an accident should befall us. He believes this a better way than making fine trumpery of his daughters and enlisting us in the wild goose chase, the pursuit of a husband. Molly would be happy as a cicada to find some eligible gentleman. At the rooms last week, she quite fatigued herself with dancing. I have cautioned her against too bold a display of spirits, though I see no real harm in it. The unmarried daughters of Bath vastly outnumber the men of fortune, and while that remains so, she might do as she pleases. You inquired in your last as to the musician. I had forgot you met Mr. John Lowther on your visit, and am pleased to say our acquaintance continues most agreeably. Of his accomplishments one cannot doubt, maestro of the violin, composer, etc., Yet I confess myself more charmed by the graciousness of his manner and by his pleasant countenance. Even Pa, who naturally considers talk of gentlemen a lot of chaff and disdains them for all but one part, that is their purse. Even he concedes that Mr. Lowther is damned clever and not a bad fiddler. I should be glad to hear that you have met with a sensible, worthy man. 
you reported an outing to Brighton, yet say almost nothing of the gaieties there. I dare say you attended a ball or a concert in all that time. Please to tell me when you write, and spare no detail of your adventures, for we are very dull here. Pa left yesterday for London on business at the Royal Academy, and the house always is quieter in his absence. Molly and Ma beg to be remembered to their dear cousin, as do I. Yours truly and affectionately, Laura.